ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one they love the most, Niall Hessen. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are on episode number 14 of our continued series, 32 Teams in 32 Days. If you guys missed yesterday's show, feel free to go check it out as episode 13. We went over the Tennessee Titans as we kicked off the NFC, or AFC South. Today, we are going over the Indianapolis Colts. And then tomorrow and the next day, we'll uh, go over the Jaguars as well as the Texans. Uh, AFC South, very interesting division this year. be very exciting to see how this division will play out. If you guys are new to 32 teams in 32 days, let me give you guys a brief rundown on how this podcast works. I will first go over my three key players I think are you know, the key players for their team's success this year. That will lead us to our first trivia question slash break of the podcast. When I come back from break, I will give you guys my two key draft picks as well as free agent signings I like this year by the Colts. That will lead us to our second and final trivia question slash break of the podcast. And when we come back from break, I will go over my three keys to success as well as my predictions for the upcoming year. Without further ado, I think we can hop right into it. So the first key player I have this year is Jonathan Taylor. Similarly, like the uh, Tennessee Titans, the Colts are really going to be focusing on running the football, in my opinion. Taylor had a pretty good year last year um, for being a rookie. Um, You know, Marlon Mack went down with torn ACL, so Taylor was kind of jumped into the action. I had Jonathan Taylor, honestly, as my number one running back going into last year's draft. He ended up falling to the second round of the Colts, I'm very certain. Um, But Jonathan Taylor coming from a great running back school, or I should say a great running school in the University of Wisconsin. Kind of in the similar boat this year. He's got a great offensive line. I'll talk about more of that later in the podcast. But Jonathan Taylor last year, here are his rookie numbers. He had 232 rushes, 1,169 yards, 11 touchdowns, and also received for 300 yards with a receiving touchdown. So very good um, stats for a rookie this last past season. You know, numbers could have been a little bit better. Um, You know, one of the big concerns with Jonathan Taylor is his holding on to the football. He does fumble the ball a lot or has a tendency to do so. That definitely raises a lot of red flags and question marks. But nonetheless, he's still really solid running back. He's 5'10", 227 pounds, so he's really built. He's also very fast as well. Um, You know, he's got the size and strength to run through tacklers and blockers, or not blockers, but tacklers, rather. Um, He's very elusive as well. He can spin, he can juke, he can do it all, run downfield. Very solid running back. He also has to stay healthy. As long as he stays healthy, I think he'll have a great career here in the NFL. This year, you know, the Colts are really going to look to him especially with their quarterback situation kind of up in the air. Um, Carson Wentz, which I'll talk about a little bit later, he's injured. Um, you know, who's going to be the quarterback there? And one of the main, you know, if it is a rookie or if it is a veteran, um, you know, one of the ways to take the pressure off that quarterback is by running the football. And with the offensive line that the Colts have, as well as the running backs, they definitely should be able to do so effectively. My second player that I think is going to be key to their success this year is Darius Leonard. Um, entering his fourth NFL season, all with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Darius Leonard having a great career, um, especially with the Colts this year. I think he's one of the better linebackers in the league. I mean, looking at some of his stats, his rookie year, he had 163 tackles, which is just insane, especially for a rookie linebacker. He also can intercept the ball as well. He had five interceptions in 2019, five sacks that year, and seven sacks in 2018. Last year, looking at his numbers, they were a little bit down from previous years. Um, That doesn't mean his production isn't necessarily there. One of the key factors when you look at stats going down like that from a solid player is offensive lines really are adjusting better and becoming more force and more blocking actually Darius Leonard and not letting him run in through. You know, they, they kind of view him as a defense alignment in some aspects. So that's probably why his production has gone down a little bit. Um, but that doesn't always mean a bad thing for the team as in general because if more pressure is looking at Darius Leonard, 
that sets up some better matchups on the defensive line as well as the linebacking core. So it's really not a last-loss situation, even though his numbers may be going down from previous years. Nonetheless, I think he's going to have another solid impact with the, you know, the Colts this year. The Colts look to him as a veteran leadership. He's great in the run-blocking game, which is very important with some of these teams, such as you know the Titans, who've got Derrick Henry. Texans maybe this year as well, and also is great in the passing game. So an overall great linebacker. He's still relatively young in his career as well. So he's definitely got a lot of time, and hopefully for if you're a Colts fan, he stays with the Colts for a while because he's already been a two-time Pro Bowler. Um, he's only played three years in the NFL. And then the final key player I have is Quinton Nelson. Now, I rarely ever put a defense alignment, or I should say an offense alignment, um, in the top three, but I think Quinton Nelson is the best run blocker in the NFL, and he's going to be very vital this year as long as he can come back as soon as possible from that foot uh, injury that Carson Wentz also had. You know, Quinton Nelson, a very good run blocker. He can pass block as well, but he's really known for his run blocking. It's going to be very important at the guard position this year, especially when they're trying to do dives or goal line situations, getting that lead block. Um, help freeing up the holes for Marlon Mack or Jonathan Taylor, whoever the running back there uh, is in Indianapolis, definitely is very vital. And if they didn't have Quentin Nelson, you can see the running back's numbers drop um, you know, a decent amount because just by having Quentin Nelson um, there, it does give better stats for other players and helps the team be successful. And like I said, I don't really go for um, you know, offense alignment in my key players, but I really think he's going to be very vital this year. Um, and I think he'll have a great year as long as he can come back from his injury. Now that's definitely a question mark too, because a lot of people will worry about like things like that. Like, will he be as good as he was, especially with a foot injury compared to a hand injury or, you know, a head injury, a foot, you know, using your feet to block. Will he be as successful? I do believe so. Um, he's definitely a very solid lineman. Um, I just, it might take a little longer for him to come back than I expected, but I think when he comes back, he'll stay healthy relatively, which will be a good sign for the Colts. That's going to lead us to our first trivia question slash break of the podcast. And the question is, what year did the Indianapolis Colts join the NFL? What year did the Indianapolis Colts join the NFL? The answer when we come back here on The Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. Before the break, I asked the question, what year did the Colts join the NFL? They joined the NFL in 1953 as the Baltimore Colts. So going way back in time, um, pretty early for an NFL team in my opinion. Moving on now to the next portion of the podcast, I'm going to go over my two key draft picks as well as offseason moves by the Colts this year. The first one was their fourth rounder, Kyle Granson, tight end out of SMU. SMU has produced a couple of good draft picks over the years, especially in this year's draft. There's been a couple key ones that I've liked and I've talked about briefly in my podcast. Kyle Granson, a really good tight end as well, had him as a fifth round tight end, so they did go up and get him in the fourth. Um, again, it doesn't mean I, you know, he should be a fifth round because it's my analyst compared to like Mel Kuyper or somebody, but. I personally have him as a fifth round. It does fit well uh, for him going to Indianapolis this year. He's known um, for being a good tight end, but really good run blocking tight end as well. Um, you know, he's not going to run like down the field as like a 4 4 4 second 40, um, but he's, you know, good in size to not only be a good run blocker, but also be kind of like a good pass catching tight end as well. You know, he's not going to make like tremendous impact. He's going to just probably be more of a role player. But I think that's something that the Colts needed this year. Um, to help join that tight end force. You know, they need a lot of run blocking, um, especially in the tight end position, you know, to help seal that edge and, and things and whatnot. And then when you do go play action or do go pass, um, Grant, Granson will be able to um, catch the balls and, you know, get some yards upfield as well. So really like that pick there. And then sixth rounder, Sam Ellinger, quarterback out of Texas. I really like Ellinger. He's coming from a very high-powering offense, uh, not only school, but conference. 
um, from the University of Texas. Sam Ellinger had a decorated career there, and I think he'll transition over well to the NFL. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty right now with Carson Wentz, which I'll talk about in my free agent portion of this uh, little section. Um, but, you know, if Carson Wentz isn't going to go week one, I think it's between uh, Jacob Easton and Sam Ellinger, and Sam Ellinger can definitely take that starting role. You know, I think um, maybe some teams passed up on him just because they weren't confident in his ability to be a good quarterback. But, you know, he's proven his loyalty and proven his success at Texas um, by being a solid quarterback and, you know, doing his job and doing what he needs to do. So I don't see any difference on why he wouldn't transfer over well to the NFL. I really like the upside on him, too. Um, he's going to be mobile in the pocket. You know, he's going to do his job of handing the football off and making some good throws. I do think, you know, medium pass passing ability can use some work, um, but a short passing game and deep passing game is really solid, too. So if you can control the accuracy a little bit, he'll be a very, very good quarterback in the NFL. Free agent-wise, I'm going to go with quarterback Carson Wentz. I think this one's obvious. Transferring over from the Philadelphia Eagles, spent his entire five-year career thus far with the Eagles, um, has had a pretty solid career, I'd say. Um, you know, there's been definitely some ups and downs. He has dealt with a lot of injuries, which has kind of kept him from being maybe as successful as a lot of people anticipated. I think there was just a lot of pressure on him to be you know, the good quarterback last year, um, especially since, you know, the Eagles got rid of Nick Foles to pursue uh, Wentz fully. Last year's completion percentage was definitely um, a big issue of concern. He had 16 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. The previous three years, he had seven interceptions each season with, you know, plus 20 on the touchdown side of things. Um, his rating was the lowest of his career, and his guards were also the lowest of his career. So a lot of, um, I guess you should say, underwhelming performances by Carson Wentz. But I still think he's a solid quarterback in the NFL. You know, he has shown that he can compete and be, you know, a good quarterback, but he's definitely got to up the ante this year. I think a lot of people were surprised when Indianapolis got him. Um, you know, I don't think um, the Colts were really looking to get him, but since Philip Rivers retired, uh, they wanted more of a veteran quarterback. Um, and then, you know, he's dealt with injuries in his career. And he's already dealing with, with Indianapolis. So you see a lot of Colts fans already questioning this decision as well. But, you know, I don't really think this should be. I think he's going to be fine as time goes on. Um, you know, I think that overall he'll be he'll be good to go. I just think it's going to take some time for Wentz. Um, I'd be very excited to see um, what's going to happen with Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts this year. And then I also like Eric Fisher, tackle from the Chiefs. Um, kind of surprising because you think maybe when you're going to go out and get linemen that you'll go get more run blocking linemen. He can run block, but I think he's better as a pass blocker, especially, you know, going behind Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, I don't like to prioritize saying that, you know, they didn't, they shouldn't get him because he's more of a pass blocker than run blocker because he's still a good lineman in the NFL. Um, but they are going to have to pass the ball this year. That's you literally how the NFL works. You can't just run the ball or just pass the ball. You got to, you got to do a little bit of both. So I do like that pick there. Um, would I have liked them to maybe get more of a better run blocker, uh, blocker, uh, or I should say lineman? Yeah, absolutely. But overall, do I think it's a bad decision? No. I think over time, um, Eric Fisher will turn out to be a better um, player, and I think he'll fit well in that Colts system. Frank Wright's a great coach, a great offensive line coach, knows what he's doing um, with his guys. He's produced some great guys over the years um, as a coach in the NFL and has produced some good guys currently on that team. So he just only helps the offensive line. I just think he's more of a pass blocker than he is a run blocker. But again, that cannot also be a bad thing. You know, it could be a good thing, too to have some mixture there because if you have a full offensive lineman full of run blockers, you're going to be terrible in the past. So it's, it is a good selection in the free agency aspect and coming from a decorated team in the Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to lead us to our second and final trivia question slash break of the podcast. And the question is, what's, what 
which Colts running back twice led the league in receptions? Which Indianapolis Colts running back twice led the league in receptions? The answer when we come back here only on the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the truth. Before the break, I asked the question, which Colts running back twice led the league in receptions? The correct answer was Lydell Mitchell. And I don't think any of you guys got that right because I didn't get that right. And I'm pretty smart. Moving on to my final portion of the podcast, I'm going to go over my three keys to success as well as my predictions for the upcoming year. The first key to success I have is stick to the running game. You're going to go through games or tough patches where, you know, the running game is just not working. You may be rushing 20 times and you have like 50 yards. It's going to happen. It's the NFL. But the flip side, you're going to have games where you rush the ball 20 times and have over 150 yards. It's just how the NFL works. The most important thing to do, though, is not change your game plan for the week. And, you know, if your game plan is to pass the ball, which it could very well be, then stick to passing the ball. Stick to your game plan. A lot of teams panic and shy away from that especially early on, such as the second or third quarter. You really don't need to start doing that unless you're really trailing at the end of the third slash fourth quarter when you need to change things up. But if you're not, there's no need to change it because there's going to be turnovers. There's going to be you know defensive stops and whatnot. And you're going to be like, well, I don't even know my game plan anymore because I keep flip-flopping it back and forth. So as long as they're able to stick to the running game um, and be successful there, I definitely think they'll be fine. They have one of the best running games in the NFL, and so there's really no need to shy away from it. A lot of teams know it too, so you could see more stops defensively than before, but I still think overall they're going to have a relatively good time running the football. Next key, Wentz has got to bounce back. He had a terrible year. He knows it. Eagles fans know it. The NFL knows it. He just had a horrible year, and it happens. You know, it's, you know, everyone has bad years. You know, it's not like you're going to have be dominant every single year. Can you be dominant most years of your career? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz to be successful ever since Nick Foles left, and that may have just gotten to him a little bit because can you imagine the amount of pressure he had to deal with, you know, being the face of the franchise, being the key player that they expect to be successful? Um, you know, it's it's definitely a tough pill to swallow, especially if you're in the quarterback position. I think with the new environment, he'll feel a little more calm and a little more settled in, which is totally, you know, what you're looking for, um, obviously. And I do think over time he'll end up being a good quarterback for the Colts. Do I think he'll be a good quarterback for the you know the Eagles? Absolutely not. I think his time there in Philly was obviously over. It needed to be over. Um, and it, the big thing with Wentz is staying on the football field. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay off being injured? Um, that's a lot of question marks that people have had with Carson Wentz over the years as well. So he does need to stay healthy. But I do think bouncing back, he'll definitely be successful uh, too. And then finally, the defense is very solid. You just got to hold them in the game. You know, the Colts are going to focus on running the football and playing defense. You know, they're going to focus on winning games 17-14 to 14 or 17-13. to 13. They're going to focus on winning games by their defense and getting by by running the football. You know, you don't have Vinatieri anymore. Um, I don't even know who the Colts kicker is currently. So, you know, there's definitely question marks there. But, oh, it's Rodrigo. How can I forget Rodrigo Blankenship? Are you kidding me? I literally forgot Rodrigo. Rodrigo's a great kicker. Uh, so, you know, you just got to put them in the field goal range and let your defense do the work. You got one of the best linebackers. You got good cornerbacks, good safeties. You know, you got tons of things going for you. There's no need to shy away from it um, and, and, you know, change your game plan. Now, again, there's going to be games where your defense is going to perform, and then there's going to be games where your defense is like the best thing ever, holding them to three points. Just how it works. It's the NFL. Uh, so as long as the defense is able to hold them in the games, I definitely like their chances a lot more. As far as predictions go, I'm going to go with 10-6, and six, finishing second in the division this year to the Tennessee Titans. There's a couple of reasons why I'm doing this. The first one, I think the Tennessee Titans are way too legit this year. they got you know Julio Jones now, um, Bud Dupree, you know, a couple key free agents there, and also veterans to help lead that Tennessee Titans team uh, to be successful. 
Um, I think over time, you know, they're going to be really solid as long as they're able to stay united and stay together. I think the Colts' biggest question mark this year is going to be injuries and, you know, the quarterback position. Running back position, they're good. Defense are good, but quarterback's going to be a lot in the air. I think Carson Wentz will miss some more time this year, and that will throw in players like Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger who don't have experience. I think that's going to be their biggest question mark moving forward. I still think they'll make the wild card, though. You know, I still think they'll make the playoffs, but what's holding them from being um, winning the division this year, in my opinion, is the quarterback position. I hope you guys did enjoy this episode, another episode of 32 Teams in 32 Days here on The Truth. If you guys did enjoy it, uh, I really would appreciate if you could like, share, whatever you guys do. I don't even know what you guys do. Maybe you just listen to it and click off. If you guys do like this podcast and want to see more, uh, we got 16 or 15 more teams left to go. So there's definitely a lot more to talk about. We're about halfway through. I'm pretty tired about this, but I'm going to keep grinding for you guys because I should, you know, do every team since, you know, I do have done some, you know, there's no need to leave them out. If you want to stay up to date with the truth, and I highly suggest you do, I would suggest following me on Twitter at the truth as one to see latest podcast uh, information, podcast uploads, that nature. That way you're up to date, um, any news and announcements on the truth as well. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day. I greatly appreciate it. And I'll see you guys tomorrow as we finish off the final two days here in the AFC South. Thank you guys. Take care. Peace. Peace.